Hello everyone, and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. John Steele here, hosting the J2 segment of the pod this week. Now, it's a golden week. It's one of the busiest weeks in the J-League calendar, especially for J2 and J3, of course. So this week, in the first part of the pod, it's uh, just me uh, rounding up all of the J2 weekend action. That's from uh, round 12. And then uh, when i finished and I go for a lie down in a dark room, I'll hand you over to Magic Mike Innes, because as usual, he's got all the J3 news uh, and match reviews and previews for you in the J2 talk short corner segment uh, later without further ado then let's talk about last weekend's j2 action round 12 took place with uh, most of the games on saturday uh, april the 29th and just a single game on sunday the 30th on saturday Machida's elvia moved three points clear at the top of the table with a hard-fought home win over kumamoto it finished Machida two kumamoto one Machida got off to a great start in this game when they went ahead in the eighth minute masayuki okuyama put in a shot from about 25 yards that took a deflection to take it past the goalkeeper and into the net. Kumamoto's big chance to level before half-time fell to Daichi Ishikawa, but he placed his shot too close to William Pope in the match of the goal, and the keeper was able to make a good save. Early on in the second half, Pope's opposite number, Ryuga Tashiro, had to make a good save to keep out Eric when he was clean through, but Eric did double Machida's lead with a penalty in the 63rd minute. Mitch Duke was bundled over by Kumamoto defender Ryotaro Onishi, and a penalty was awarded, uh, although on the replays it looked like the contact might have taken place just outside the box. Kumamoto might feel a bit hard done to, but Eric scored the penalty and made it 2-0. Kumamoto did their best to get back into the game, with Shohei Aihana heading against the crossbar, and Kumamoto did pull a goal back in the 88th minute, Ishikawa glancing a header into the back of the net from an inch-perfect Aihara cross. And after that, Kumamoto did have another chance. They could have made it 2-2. Pop had to save well from a low shot from Aihara at the far post. But that was Kumamoto's last chance, and it finished Machida 2, Kumamoto 1. Nagasaki are up to second now, uh, as mentioned, three points behind the leaders Machida after winning for the fourth game in a row, this time 1-0 away at struggling Iwaki. The vital goal came from Juanma Delgado, who scored for the third match in a row. The goal came in the 72nd minute when he latched onto a loose ball after a shot from Yuya Kuwasaki had been blocked and he was able to fire past the Iwaki keeper Toru Takagiwa at close range. I think Iwaki will be really disappointed that they didn't get a point from this game. They had lots of good chances early on, including Kaina Tanimura hitting the base of the post and Ryo Arita having a shot cleared off the line. At the other end of the pitch in the first half, a long ball from Valdo picked out Juanma, who was suddenly cleaned through, uh, but a great save from Takagiwa kept things at nil-nil. And in the second half, Juanma went close again to opening the scoring with a header. Uh, Aniwaki had uh, their own chances as well. At nil-nil, a header from Rei Iezumi seemed to be going in, but it was blocked on the goal line by one of his own players, just at Iwaki having no luck at all in front of goal. And then, while they were chasing the game late on, Iwaki's Riku Saga hit the crossbar with a superb curling effort from just outside the box, and it finished Iwaki nil, Nagasaki 1. Uh, Iwaki are down in 20th place now in the standings, just a point uh, outside the relegation zone. Tokyo Verdi are a point behind Nagasaki in third after a comfortable 2-0 win away at Mito on Saturday. Mito in 16th place in the table at the moment. 
This game seemed to be heading for a goalless draw until Verdi went in front in the 79th minute. Mito's Fumia Unaki made a bad decision to try and control a high ball inside his own penalty area. Um, he brought the ball down but was then dispossessed by Daiki Fukazawa who tucked away his chance from close range to give Verdi the lead. And just four minutes later, a brilliant individual goal from Byron Vasquez sealed the win for Verdi. He cut inside his defender, out wide on the Verdi right, and then slammed an unstoppable effort past Mito's goalkeeper to make it 2-0. An outstanding goal from uh, Vasquez. Mito's goalkeeper in this game, by the way, was Koji Honma with uh, Rui Yamaguchi, the, the regular starter, out injured. Honma is 46 years old, uh, so there's hope for us all yet, and he's in his 25th season at Mito this year. I, I don't think any amount of experience would have helped him with that Vasquez shot, though. Yes, it finished Mito nil, Tokyo Verdi 2. Up in Tohoku, it turned out to be an expensive day at the office for Oita as they lost for the third game in a row and picked up two red cards uh, into the bargain. The final score at Yurtek was Sendai 1, Oita 0. The crucial goal came in the 15th minute when Ryunosuke Sagara put in a shot from about 30 yards after Oita had only half cleared a Sendai corner. Oita's keeper Shun Takagi, who, who was making his first appearance of the season, seemed to be taken a little bit by surprise by the shot from Sagara and didn't really um, wasn't didn't seem to be in the right position to save it. But the ball went in and Sendai were in front. Ten minutes before the break, Oita had defender Yuki Kagawa sent off a straight red card, which seemed very harsh for the tackle that he put in. I think when I saw it initially, it looked like it might have been a two-footed kind of jumping challenge, but it, it actually uh, it wasn't. So he he was very unfortunate not to uh, to get a red card rather than a yellow. I think so. Uh, Oita down to ten men and trailing one nil. But the game was still in the balance in the second half. Taira Shige had a great chance to equalise for Oita, but he headed wide from a cross that was just a, a centimetre or two too high for him. And uh, yep, the final score was Sendai 1, Oita 0. But after the full-time whistle, uh, Oita centre-back Pereira uh, was given a second yellow card for complaining, arguing with the referee. Um, so he was sent off after the final whistle. That means uh, two defenders, Pereira and Kagawa, will both have to serve suspensions during the busy golden week uh, period. Oita is still fourth in the table though, uh, level on points with uh, third placed Tokyo Verdi and Sendai are in 12th. In fifth place in the table after 12 games are Gunma. They came from behind to see off Kofu uh, at home on Saturday. It finished Gunma 2, Kofu 1. This game was nil-nil at half-time, but Gunma had gone closest to taking a lead. Kofu's goalkeeper Kohei Kawata had to make a brilliant reflex save from Daiki Nakashio at close range. But right at the start of the second half, Kofu went in front when Kazushi Mitsuhira headed a great left-wing cross from Sota Mura uh, into the net, the ball going in off the underside of the crossbar. But Gunma rallied and they pulled level on the hour through Motoki Nagakura, who showed some lovely quick footwork to swivel, turn and fire into the bottom corner of the net from about 16 yards, so it was 1-1 uh, on the hour. After that, Kofu's best chance to retake the lead fell to Jumma Miyazaki, but he blazed the ball over from just outside the penalty area. And then came Gunma's winner in the 76th minute, with the ball running loose to the unmarked Kazuma Okamoto at the far post, and his firm shot squirmed under Kawata and into the net to make it Gunma 2 Kofu won. Great win for Gunma. Uh, they're in fifth place, as mentioned, on 21 points. Kofu are a point further back, uh, but they're in seventh. The team in 6th place in the table is Fujieda MyFC, 
their level on 20 points with 7th place Kofu and they drew 1-1 away at Kanazawa uh, in the only game that was played on Sunday in J2 last weekend. This was a superbly entertaining game, particularly the first half which had chances galore. Fujieda took the lead in the 10th minute with what I think was the best goal of the J2 weekend. Captain Masahito Sugita sent an absolute missile past Yuto Shirai in the Kanazawa goal from about 25 yards to give his side lead fantastic strike. But Fujieda only held the lead for about 11 minutes as Junya Kato equalised for Kanazawa. Great work from Masamichi Hayashi down the Kanazawa right led to a low cross from him that was dummied cleverly by Kyohei Sugira for Kato to convert at close range. So 1-1 after about 20 minutes. Both sides had chances to add to their tally after that. Kanazawa hit the crossbar twice before the interval through uh, Sugira again and Keita Fujimura. In the second half, late on, Kanazawa thought they'd scored again and gone ahead. They did force the ball over the line at a corner, but the goal was disallowed while the players were celebrating. And I think what eventually happened was the referee ordered the corner to be retaken because the the kicker, Fujimura, had placed the ball a millimetre or two outside the corner kick quadrant when he he was setting up the ball for the corner. So, uh, yeah, very, very... Um, kind of unlucky for, for Kanazawa to have that picked up or, or to have that goal uh, disallowed. From the retaken corner, Kanazawa did almost score again. They, they almost bundled the ball over the line, but Fujieda survived. And uh, yes, in a somewhat controversial fashion, it finished Kanazawa 1, Fujieda 1. So Fujieda unbeaten in five matches and uh, yeah, going absolutely uh, brilliantly in their first season in J2. J2, extra time. Let's switch gears and look at the bottom of the J2 table now, and after 11 games without a win, Tokushima supporters could finally celebrate picking up three points, and they did it in some style at Yamaha Stadium. The final score was Iwata 2, Tokushima 3. Tokushima got off to an amazing start in this game, taking the lead in only the second minute when Kaito Mori flashed a near-post header into the net from Luismi Kesada's corner kick. Then it was 2-0 to the visitors inside the 20th minute as Joichiro Kakitani rolled back the years to cut inside into the penalty area, beat two defenders and then curl the ball expertly into the far corner. A brilliant goal and Tokushima against all the odds 2-0 up after 20 minutes. Early in the second half, Tokushima's goalkeeper, uh, Suarez, had to make a brilliant save to tip Yuto Suzuki's effort onto the crossbar and out for a corner. But from that corner, Iwata pulled a goal back. The ball dropped kindly uh, and perfectly for Cole Matsubara to fire the ball past Suarez from about 12 yards. So in the 53rd minute, it was Iwata 1, Tokushima 2. But Tokushima restored their two-goal cushion just seven minutes uh, after that Matsubara goal. And Iwata borrowed uh, Jeff Chiba's self-destruct button and pressed it with gusto. Uh, Kosuke Yamamoto passed the ball straight to Kakitani on the edge of the Iwata penalty area. And Kakitani's shot was deflected off a despairing defender and uh, over the goalkeeper Kajikawa to make it Iwata 1, Tokushima 3. Iwata reduced the deficit again with four minutes to go after a rare mistake from uh, Tokushima's normally impeccable goalkeeper Suarez. He somehow palmed the ball down into the penalty area for Masaya Matsumoto to drill into the back of the net. But uh, Iwata couldn't find an equaliser and it finished Iwata 2, Tokushima 3. Tokushima still bottom of the table but now only a point behind uh, the rest of the teams down at the bottom. So uh, they'll be hoping they can they can push on from here. 
The team in second bottom, one point ahead of Tokushima, is still Montedio Yamagata. They drew 1-1 at home to Yamaguchi on Saturday. And continuing a weekend trend of early goals, Yamaguchi took the lead in this match in just the third minute from a well-constructed short corner routine. Masakazu Yoshioka crossed for Kota Kawano to head in and make it Yamagata nil. Yamaguchi won. But Yamagata pulled level just 10 minutes later with another very well-worked goal. Yudai Kornishi's deep cross into the penalty area was perfect for Zane Isaka to cushion a half-volley into the net. So it was 1-1 at half-time. In the second half, Yamaguchi nearly went back in front when some very neat footwork from Taiyo Igarashi took him clean through on goal. But uh, there was a really good save from Ko Hasegawa, the Yamagata goalkeeper, and some good covering defending as well to uh, to snuff out the chance. So the final score at Ende Soft Stadium was Yamagata 1, Yamaguchi 1. Uh, Yamagata, as mentioned, stay second bottom. Yamaguchi is 17th and on a run of five games without a win at the moment. At Nihon Daira, it finished Shimizu Espulse 2, Tochigi 0, uh, a win that puts Shimizu 8th in the table, just two points uh, outside the playoff zone, and on a run of uh, three straight wins, Tochigi are down in 19th in the table. In this game, Shimizu were too strong for Tochigi, really, and scored both their goals in the last six minutes of the first half. First of all, in the 39th minute, some great work from Ronaldo, uh, not that one, although it was similar, out on the Shimizu right. Uh, he nutmegged his uh, covering defender and then picked out Takashi Inui at the far post with a great cross. Inui uh, had all the time in the world to control the ball and stroke it into the back of the net to give Shimizu the lead. Then on the stroke of half-time, a long ball from Yoshinori Suzuki from the centre-back position sent Kengo Kitazume racing clean through uh, on the Tochigi goal and he was able to get to the ball before goalkeeper Shuhei Kawata and uh, poke it into the back of the net. And uh, yeah, there wasn't really too much to report on in the second half. It was a comfortable win for Shimizu in the end. Shimizu 2, Tochigi nil at full-time. Shimizu just look absolutely transformed under Tadahiro Akiba. We seem to say it every week. Uh, and the sky uh, seems like it could be the limit for them, uh, the way they're playing at the moment. At the Fukuda Denshi Arena, Jeff Chiba's mini-revival continued with a 1-0 home win over a disappointing Omiya Ardija. The all-important goal came in the 53rd minute here, with captain Daisuke Suzuki heading in a corner from Masaru Hidaka. Uh, in the first half, Omiya's goalkeeper Takashi Kasahara had had to make a smart save from Tomoya Miki to keep his side uh, level. And then late on in the second half, having already gone in front, Jeff's substitute Rui Suyoshi smashed a great chance against the outside of the post, uh, so it could have been 2 0. But uh, yes, it finished Jeff Chiba 1. Omiya nil. Despite having uh, Ancelotti back up front after six games out injured, Omiya found this game quite difficult uh, going. They struggled to create chances and uh, they're now on a run of four straight defeats which has seen them uh, go down to 18th place in the table. Uh, Jeff uh, are up to 15th uh, with this win. And uh, up north at Soyu Stadium, it finished Akita nil, Okayama 1. Uh, Okayama winning for the first time in eight matches, thanks to a late penalty from a centre-back and captain, Jordi Weiss. Akita had gone close to taking a lead in the first half of this game when Hiroto Tanaka put in a low shot from about 25 yards. Okayama's goalkeeper, Daiki Hota, uh, brilliantly took off to his left to tip the ball onto the post. 
And then, uh, yeah, the crucial moment really came in around the 85th minute when the penalty uh, was awarded to Okayama. A high ball was floated into the Akita penalty area and uh, Okayama substitute Stefan Mook um, had a slight push in the back from a defender, Tatsushi Koyanagi, and went down. Uh, the referee pointed to the spot. I think it falls into the sometimes given, sometimes not uh, category, but I think there was, there was enough contact probably for the referee to, to award the penalty. But uh, yes, the penalty was given and uh, Boyce duly stepped up to convert it with no problem. So the final score was Akita nil, Okayama 1. Okayama in 10th place in the table and uh, yeah, the first win in, uh, in ages uh, in this game, but they've only lost one of their 12 games so far. Uh, Akita uh, find themselves 9th uh, after 12 matches. All right, I think that covers all of the on-pitch action uh, from the weekend in J2. Before I hand you over to Magic Mike Innes, here's a quick preview of the midweek J2 round. So uh, yes, Golden Week means a national holidays on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday this week. And on Wednesday the 3rd of May, uh, all 22 J2 teams will be in action. Uh, round uh, 13 will uh, take place. So uh, here are the fixtures. At the very unusual uh, and golden week, golden week friendly time of 1:50 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon, Kumamoto will host Gunma at uh, Egao Kenko Stadium. That's 14th place against fifth. Most of the action kicks off 10 minutes later at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, including a Tohoku derby between Sendai and Akita. The league leaders Machida make the short trip to Omiya. Uh, that means Omiya boss Naoki Soma will come up against uh, one of his former clubs where he served with distinction, of course. Also at 2pm, Kofu host Iwaki at the JIT Recycling Stadium. That's 7th against 20th. There's a big game for wobbling Oita uh, in 4th place, but on a run of 3 straight defeats, they go away to 6th placed Fujieda on Wednesday. Uh, and in other games, Okayama hosts the second bottom side, Yamagata. Yamaguchi hosts Jeff Chiba. And the bottom club, Tokushima Vortis, who of course got their first win of the season on Saturday. Well, they welcomed banging form Shimizu Espulse to Pokari Sweat Stadium. That could be an interesting game. Uh, second place, Nagasaki. Well, they'll be hoping to make it five wins on the bounce as they host Mito at Transcosmos Stadium. At 4pm on Wednesday, it's Tochigi against Kanazawa at the Kanseki Stadium. And the round uh, finishes off at 5pm with third place Tokyo Verdi hosting Jubilo Iwata at uh, Ajinomoto. So third place uh, against 11th place in that game. And uh, it's uh, contractually required for me to state it's a battle of ex-J League powerhouses from the early days of the professional game in Japan, uh, of course. Okay, I think that's all from me uh, on a J2 tip uh, for this pod. We'll be back uh, sometime later in Golden Week to review all of the midweek J2 action. I think uh, me and James, or or James and someone, or or just me, or just James, we're not sure yet, but we will have a review of all the midweek round 13 action coming up. But that's all from J2 for now. Please stay tuned. In a moment, uh, you're going to hear from Magic Mike Innes on what was a very exciting uh, round eight in J3 at the weekend. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, here comes Mike. Hello, everyone, and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J League. I'm your host, Mike Innes, and in this episode, I'll be looking back on an eventful set of fixtures in round eight of the J3 season, as well as previewing the round nine matches coming up this holiday midweek. 
there were seven games on Saturday the 29th of April, the pick of them being second against third at start of play, Katare Toyama against Matsumoto Yamaga. Matsumoto hit the post through Kaiga Murakoshi with only 15 seconds on the clock, but Toyama moved into the ascendancy and two goals late in the first half put them in the driving seat. Shunta Takahashi opened the scoring with a tremendous hooked shot after Junya Imase had intercepted a clearance. Tsubasa Yoshihira made it 2-0 in stoppage time with a penalty. The kick awarded for Yota Shimokawa's elbow on Daiki Yagishita at a corner kick. Yamaga seldom looked dangerous. Paulinho's deflected shot comfortably stopped by home keeper Tomoki Tagawa. And the win was confirmed in the closing seconds when visiting defender Masato Tokida couldn't get a loose ball under control and it broke for Naoto Ando, who let fly from 30 yards straight into the top corner. Final score, Toyama 3, Matsumoto 0. A comprehensive victory for Katane, for whom Shunta Takahashi and Tsubasa Yoshihira are turning into unexpected heroes. Yamaga have now conceded nine in the last three games, and in this one couldn't get their best players involved. That defeat for Matsumoto provided an opportunity for Nana Club to continue their move up the standings via a trip to Gainane Totori. Nana held Gainare at bay during the early stages, although Hideyatsu Ozawa's angled shot was only just off target, and Makoto Fukuin's strike drew a good save from Shinji Okada. And then, on 17 minutes, Nana made the breakthrough, as a snapshot from Hayato Asakawa took homekeeper Koshiro Itohara by surprise and slipped through his hands for 1-0. Totori continued to press, but eight minutes into the second half on a Nana counter-attack, Tatsuma Sakai fed Saw Kataoka, whose cross reached the far post, where Asakawa had a simple finish, his sixth goal of the season. Soon afterwards, Totori were reduced to ten men by arguably over-sensitive referee Takao Nishiyama, although Hiroto Sese deserved his second yellow card for a foul on Shota Yomesaka. Still, Gainane pushed forward, Yuta Togashi somehow skying a chance from two yards out following a Mun-Inju corner kick. Final score though, Totori nil, Nana 2. On another day, Gainane could have got something from this game, but they were playing one of the best teams in the division. Three straight wins now for Nana, none conceded, and still they climb the table. The same is also true for Ehime FC, seven unbeaten thanks to their come-from-behind home win over FC Ryukyu. The visitors needed a helping hand to take the lead five minutes before the break. Ehime defender Tatsuya Yamaguchi allowing his pocket to be picked by Katsuya Nakano to feed Kelvin, who stepped away from Kei Oshiro and slipped his shot inside the far post. 
The game turned with the appearance on 71 minutes of home substitute Ben Duncan, who quickly equalised with a careful low shot after the mighty Mikan's attack had overloaded the Ryukyu penalty area, and then put his team 2-1 up, converting a clever pass from Shunsuke Motegi after a ball into the box had caused all sorts of problems for Takeyuki Fukumura. Final score, Ehime 2, Ryukyu 1. The home sides attacking prowess too much in the end for Ryukyu, who, after their season's best win over Kagoshima last time out, fell back into bad habits. Listener, did you have Van Rare Hachinohe positioned fifth in the table after round eight? Nobuhiro Ishizaki, who underachieved as coach of Toyama, has taken Hachinohe into uncharted territory. A club record seven games unbeaten following a comfortable win at Kamatamari Stanuki, while fifth in the table, is as high as they've been since the first few weeks of their first season in the league back in 2019. After a goalless opening period at the Picara Stadium, they were gifted the opener on 48 minutes. A rare error by Sanuki keeper Takiya Takahashi, who flapped at a Shunsuke Ebata cross, enabling Koki Maezawa to finish from 8 yards. Another high ball into the box paid dividends for Vanrare soon afterwards. Takuya Miyamoto heading it back across the face of goal. Mizuki Aiba out-muscling Yudai Okuda and hooking it over the line. Okuda was made to suffer again with 12 minutes left when he lost out to Aoi Sato, who advanced into the box and produced a deft chip over the exposed Takahashi. Final score, Sanuki nil, Hachinohe 3, a first and perhaps last attempt to play with three at the back for an off-key Kamatamare. While for Vanarare, how far, how high can they go? Level on points just outside the top six are Kagoshima United and Azul Claro Numazu, who both picked up good away wins. Azul Claro went to FC Osaka and triumphed by means of a 57th minute scramble for possession on the edge of the home box. The loose ball coming to captain Takuya Sugai, who brought matters to a conclusion by lashing his shot into the top left-hand corner. Osaka's Takumi Shimada had an equaliser ruled out for offside soon afterwards, although Numazu should have gone in front earlier on when Hagami Wada ran onto a through ball from Takumi Tsukui and rounded keeper Tatsunari Nagai only to blast his shot wildly over the bar. Final score, Osaka nil, Numazu won. The home side's limited style not doing them any favours. Azul Claro, stylistically, are fine. It's the lack of squad depth and attacking options which may cause them to come undone. Meanwhile, Kagoshima departed Iwate Gruja Morioka with their first win in four. Kenta Hirose gave them an early lead when he glanced in Yuji Kimura's lofted free kick. Kimura himself made it 2-0 midway through the first half, direct from a corner which drifted in untouched at the far post. Kimura's first goal in three and a half years. 
Gruja had their chances. Masashi Wada firing off target from close range. Takuton Minami sending a point-blank header straight into the midriff of former Iwate keeper Kenta Matsuyama. Final score though, Iwate nil, Kagoshima 2. After their bright start to the season, Yoshika Matsubana's Gruja have slipped down to mid-table. Now to Otake at Kagoshima, still looking to solve the conundrum of what his best side actually is, but this was their first clean sheet of the year. Down towards the foot of the table, Giravants Kitakyushu and SC Sagamihana shared the points in a draw, which constitutes a much better result for Sagamihana and coach Kazuyuki Toda. He saw defender Ko Watakiki sent off for a foul on Taiga Mayakawa inside the first half an hour of the match. Mayakawa later being instrumental in the home side taking a 58th minute lead, exchanging passes with Yosuke Kamigata who set up ex-Sagamihana man Yuki Nakayama for a delightful finish in off the far post. Giravants were dominant in terms of both possession and chances, but couldn't find a way past visiting keeper Koki Kawashima to make the game safe. And with 13 minutes remaining, the home side fell victim to a particularly sucky sucker punch as Kawashima passed it out from the back and Ryo Yoshitake threaded a ball for Takumu Fujinuma to race onto and clip past Daiki Goto in the home goal. Sagamihana did live dangerously from then on, the frame of their goal being struck twice in the closing minutes, first by Yuki Okada's vicious shot and then by Kamigata as he tried to convert Kakeru Sakamoto's cross. Final score though, Kitakyushu won, Sagamihana won. Six without a win now for both teams, neither of whom are too big or currently too good for a relegation fight. Then on Sunday the 30th there was another one of those days of incredible J3 action. Leaders coming into the weekend were AC Nagano Paseiro at home to a Fukushima United side struggling for both goals and points. Nagano were two up and cruising at half-time, Hiroki Yamamoto putting them in front in the 14th minute when he dispatched Naoki Sanders' brilliant through pass, Yuma Funabashi extending their advantage 11 minutes before the break when he set himself to volley in a deep cross from Hayate Sugi. Hypothetically speaking, of course, a sleep-deprived podcaster could be forgiven for having shut down their laptop at half-time in this one, secure in the knowledge that the game was going the way of the hot favourites. Any such podcaster could be dismissed as, at the very least, neglectful. Parseiro remained on the front foot after half-time, but when an attack broke down, Fukushima hit them on the break, Shoki Nagano's low cross being deflected over the line by Takuya Akiyama for an own goal. Eight minutes later, the visitors drew level, an exquisite pass from rookie Naoya Suzu setting up Kosuke Tanaka, whose cross was finished by Hiroki Higuchi. 
and Fukushima, who came into the game having scored three goals all season. Here made it three in 12 minutes to take the lead. Shota Kobayashi laying it off for Uheiji Uehata, whose shot home keeper Taro Hamada seemed to duck to avoid. Final score Nagano 2, Fukushima 3. Heaven knows what the home dressing room must have been like after this one. The points were in the bag against arguably the weakest team in the division. Fukushima, from nowhere, pull off their second win of the season. And so to Mitsuzawa, where bottom side YSCC Yokohama hosted an FC Imabani who have experienced an emotional few days with the return to the club of forward Ralph Sointiens, now working towards match fitness after 11 months rehab in the Netherlands following the discovery of a tumour in his shoulder. On the pitch, the trip to winless YSCC meant Riki Takagi's team had the opportunity to climb further up the table. They had a narrow escape when YSCC's Shuntaro Koga hit the bar from close range early on, but then in the ninth minute, Dudu gave Imabari the lead when he chased down keeper Jun Kodama following a back pass, stole possession and rolled it into an empty net. And Dudu's second on the half hour was a goal of real quality. Finding space after a tussle with Diego Taba and then curling an unstoppable 25-yard effort beyond Kodama's reach. Ex-Imabani forward Sho Fukuda pulled one back for the home side just before the break. A poacher's finish after Taba on the right had outwitted Kohei Tomita for a half-time score of YSCC 1, Imabari 2. Things started to go south for the away side two minutes after the break when Marcus Vinicius was shown a straight red for pushing over Yusei Kayanuma in retaliation for a foul. 13 minutes later, Dudu also tangled with Kayanuma and received his marching orders for what referee Kohei Yano deemed a second bookable offence. Two on up they may have been, but Imabari were looking at playing the last half hour two men down. They held out for 26 of those 30 minutes, but when all nine away players sought to defend Takiya Fujiwara's high ball to the far post, it was nevertheless Fukuda who launched himself at it to head powerfully home. Seconds later, YSCC debutant Hiroto Domoto crossed for Haruki Oshima, whose own header put the home team in front. And with the clock ticking into the 90th minute, Onye Ogochukwu advanced down the right on a counter-attack and passed to the unmarked Loris Tinelli to slide it in at the far post. Final score, YSCC 4, Imabari 2. A first win of the season in remarkable circumstances for Kei Hoshikawa's team. Imabari threw the points away thanks to their own indiscipline. And finally, Tegevajano Miyazaki went into their game against FC Gifu looking for a first home win of 2023. In only the fifth minute, Tomoya Kitamura put Miyazaki in front, given the opportunity to poke it over the line by Yoshiatsu Oiji's fluffed attempt to intervene following a half-cleared corner kick. 
Part of the great post-2022 clear-out from Gifu, Daisuke Ishidu scored his first goal for Tegebajalo against his former club, a speculative 25-yard shot that squeezed past keeper Shu Mogi and into the corner on 31 minutes. Gifu offered little in response, Mogi keeping his team in the game via saves from Taishi Nishioka's bundled effort and Hanumi Minamino's low curler. But the visitors pulled one back in stoppage time when Yuya Taguchi headed in across from Ryo Kubota. Final score though, Miyazaki 2, Gifu 1. Some signs of improvement from Tegavajalo, who've identified alternative routes to goal. Three defeats in a row for Gifu, pressure surely building on coach Yusaku Ueno. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round eight. The top six are... Toyama with 16 points, Nara and Ehime with 15, Nagano 14, Hachinohe 13, Matsumoto 12. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are Osaka and Miyazaki dead level with 9 points, Gifu and Fukushima with 8, Kitakyushu, Segamihara and bottom of the pile YSCC all with six. Just a time now for a quick look ahead to the round nine fixtures this holiday midweek when there are seven games on Wednesday the 3rd of May. Second place Nana play host to Miyazaki. Third place Ehime are looking at a very interesting match at home to Numazu. Can Nagano bounce back from their shock defeat as they go to Iwate? Matsumoto will look to avoid a third straight loss as they host Osaka. Classic mid-table fair at Ryukyu where the visitors are Totori. Can Gifu break their run of losses at home to YSCC? And can Fukushima build on their sensational win there at home to Sanaki? Then on Thursday the 4th, leaders Toyama make the trip to struggling Segamihana. Inform Hachinohe host a depleted Imabari. And finally, for Kagoshima, there's a derby of sorts at home to Kitakyushu. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now.